What does the Bearcats identity need to be in 2023? I'll give you a hint. It's the exact same thing that's contributed to a lot of success over the last 25 plus years. You are locked on Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Lockdown Bearcats is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We thank you for making us part of your everyday listening. Maybe you're making this your first listen today. If so, we thank you very much. You are a part of the First Listeners Club. I'm Alex Frank, your host of Lockdown Bearcats, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Cincinnati is 53 days away from kickoff in, I'm sorry, 52 days away from kickoff in the Big 12. It is Wednesday, July 12th. Happy birthday to my aunt's brother, Kenny, up in Cleveland. Hope he's having a fantastic day. If he's listening to this, hey, thanks so much. Listen to Lockdown Bearcats. So the Cincinnati Bearcats, yesterday we talked about the underdog mentality that they need to have to have success this season. I think another thing they need to have is the identity that they need to establish. And spoiler alert, it's the exact same thing that's led to a lot of success over the last 25-plus years, defense and running the football. And I say those two things because if they play defense, excuse me, excuse me again, if they play defense, if they play defense, excuse me, they will be in every single game this season because it's going to keep it because they're going to prevent the offense from having to score 40 points a game. And I, I still think, and it's really interesting. I was watching a clip of Tom Brenneman and Chad Brendel on Chatterbox Sports. Where Tom asked Chad, basically, the Bearcats, yes, were picked 13th in the Big 12, but they still have some dudes. It's not going to be that bad of a season, or they're not going to finish that low. Chad agreed, because you look at the players that they have, the running back room and the dogs they have on defense. Dante Corleone, Jawan Briggs, and Deshaun Pace combined with guys who could emerge like an Eric Phillips, like a, a member of the secondary. Really interested in seeing Brian Threats. I'm really interested in seeing how this defense comes together. Brian Brown's defense last year at Louisville was really good. It was a fantastic hire by Scott Satterfield to bring him onto the coaching staff. The offense is going to be developmental at best, which means two things. One, the defense has to keep them in, has to keep the Bearcats in every game. Two, they have to run the football. And I say run the football because I know that that works in Cincinnati. Why do the Bearcats have success in 21 making the college football playoff? It wasn't Desmond Ritter's 33 touchdown passes. It was Jerome Ford's 20 rushing touchdowns. It was Jerome Ford and the 200-yard game, that, or almost 200-yard game that he had against Houston in the championship game. It was the four touchdowns he had in the first half against Central Florida. It was the great performances elsewhere during the season. It was the, it was running the football and it was playing defense. When the Cincinnati Bearcats are at their best, they are a ground-and-pound team. 
running the football is going to allow this offense to develop. It's going to take the pressure off Emory Jones. It's going to allow the offensive line to develop and be cohesive in the run game. It's going to allow the Bearcats to win time of possession, which I will say this right now. If the Bearcats have more time of possession than their opponents by the end of the season, I guarantee you they will be at least 7-5. and five. That is my one of my bold predictions for this year. That coming up as we get uh, into fall camp. But I will say that this has worked for Bearcats teams in the past. Tough and nasty. That 2018 team I talked about heavily yesterday, why were they so good? Because they could run the football and they played defense. That defensive line was key to them being able to be really good. It all starts up front. Luke Fickle constantly said, and it was so annoying to hear, but he said the program was driven through the offensive and defensive lines. Is that going to be how it's going to be with Scott Satterfield? I don't know. I do know this. If there's one thing you can count on, they will run the football, the Bearcats, much better this year than they did last year. And the Cincinnati Bearcats will be a very, very good team if they can run the football and play defense. I'm not saying that's going to win them a lot of games. And Chad Brendel talked about that. But I don't think this team is going to be that bad where they're going to finish 13th. Why? They don't play four of the five teams in the top five of the media poll. And I don't think they're as bad as 13th in the conference. Can they beat Baylor? Yes. Can they beat Iowa State? Yes. Can they beat Kansas? Yes. Spoiler alert, all three games at home. Can they beat UCF and Houston? Yes. Can they beat Oklahoma State? Maybe. Can they beat West Virginia? They sure better be West Virginia. Can they beat Oklahoma and BYU? Maybe. I'm not going to say no. Because, we again, we've seen upsets before. And to be honest with you, an Oklahoma uh, upset would not even be the biggest upset in school history. But it would still be a meaningful win. It would be your first Big 12 win against a powerhouse in Oklahoma. So there is a lot at stake for the Bearcats this season because you have to set the tone for what your Big 12 tenure is going to look like. And now, I will say last year's team didn't really have an identity. They found ways to win games. Early on, it was... They were an aerial first team, which I liked because it was something different, but I didn't like because that was not what had been successful, and I didn't know if that was sustainable, and it was clear by the second half of the Indiana game it was not. In 21 and 20 and 19 and all the successful years, the identity formed early, defense and running the football. And that can win in the Big 12. Can it win at the level that the Bearcats have won in the last five years? I don't know. but. With Satterfield's scheme, I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised that the Bearcats' offense is not going to be anything special. It might rank in the bottom half of college football. That's okay. But that doesn't mean it can't win seven games or even eight or even beyond that. This is a developmental offense. A developmental offense that I believe is going to be that all season. And if the Bearcats can play defense, to keep the offense from having to score 40 points, and they can run the football to keep the defense off the field against dynamic Big 12 offenses and allow the Bearcats to win time of possession, milk the clock. Russ and I have talked about this constantly on this show this offseason, if you've listened, which for you everyday listeners, you would, I'm sure you, you remember that. But if you haven't listened to us, that's okay. Maybe you're new, but we welcome you. 
If you haven't listened to our show, Russ and I have talked about that. You're going to have to milk the clock. That means you're going to win a lot of games, 27-24, 24-21. But that's how the Bearcats won games in 2019. 27-24 over UCF, 24-13 over Tulsa, 2017 over USF, 15-13 over Temple, uh, 24-14 over UCLA. A lot of games the Bearcats won that year were, was a result of playing defense and grounding a ground attack offensively. So we can't forget about the quarterback, right? He is the most important player to the team. Coming up, five keys to success for Emory Jones in 2023. That next on Locked On Bearcats. Today's episode of Locked On Bearcats is brought to you by FanDuel. Right now, take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount and bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll have and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 You can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to be or hit the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today. And visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. Thank you again for making Locked On Bearcats part of your everyday listening. Maybe your first listen today. On tomorrow's show, we are going to continue the conversation surrounding the Bearcats and their 13th place projection or pick in the Big 12 preseason media poll. I got to find another angle to talk about, but I will, just as we have today. Underdog mentality yesterday, what this team's identity needs to be today, and that is playing defense and running the football, which can win in the Big 12. Just look at what Kansas State did last year. So we can't forget about the quarterback in Emory Jones. And the one thing about Emory Jones, he's going into his sixth season. I think this was the guy that I wanted and you guys maybe wanted all along. Because of his dual threat abilities. Even though he struggled at Arizona, struggled at Arizona State last year. I will say this about Emory Jones. It's now or never for him. And he's had some success at college football. He had some at Florida. He had a little bit at Arizona State. But I guarantee you, he's never had a program with a more stable foundation than he has at Cincinnati. So the five things that Emory Jones needs to do in order for the Bearcats to have success in 20, in, in order for the Bearcats and him to have success in 2023. Number one, you got to play mistake free because this Bearcats offense is not going to be good enough to overcome mistakes. They were in 2021. They weren't last year and it showed. They won't be this year. So you can't throw 10 interceptions in the first five games. You can't even throw 10 in the first eight, let alone maybe even 12. Keep the interceptions at at maximum to six in a 12-game season, half per game. I think that's going to be enough to keep the Bearcats in every game and potentially win this season. I think if he plays mistake-free football, and obviously he's going to make a mistake. He's going to throw an interception at some point. But if he can keep the if he can keep that to a minimum, no more than one a game, because I don't think this team is good enough to overcome two interceptions in any game. I don't even know if they're good enough to overcome two interceptions in a game where they're going to be favorites, like Miami, EKU, or West Virginia. I just don't think that he 
if they even are favorites. Well, they should be favorites in West Virginia. I don't think they're good enough to overcome two turnovers, interceptions. So let's go number two. We mentioned no mistakes. Number two, he's got to have a completion percentage at least at 62.5. He can't be inaccurate. because That's going to stall drives. It's going to get the defense back on the field. It stops the clock. You don't milk the clock. If he's accurate, which he was better than I thought he was going to be when I was at the spring game back in April. Was that three months ago? Anyway, he's got to be at least 62.5. I'm not expecting him to be Joe Burrow 2019. I'm expecting him to be at least a competent, accurate passer. If he can be that, this Bearcats team has a chance to be good. Number three, limit the sacks to three per game. And I know that's still a lot. That's 36 over a 12-game season. But this offensive line is just so unknown that we don't really know what it's going to be like. I think this offensive line can develop. I certainly hope it's not going to be that there's a different starter every week or there's position shuffling. That's not going to, that does not do well for cohesiveness. If the Cincinnati Bearcats are going to be good offensively, their offensive line, or at least developmental, their offensive line has to be the same, <clears throat> excuse me, the entire season. You cannot have any reshuffling. So we mentioned, so we mentioned 62.5 completion percentage. We mentioned no mistakes. We mentioned the uh limiting the sacks to three per game. The fourth one is he's gotta be the leader. It can't, I mean, it's now or never. Leave it all out on the field. This is last season. I want to see him play with the same heart and desire that I've seen so many seniors in college football play with over the years, especially a quarterback. Whether that be Desmond Ritter, whether that be, I mean, any quarterback who was a senior, Joe Burrow, who's a graduate on that 2019 LSU team, play like that, like every game is your last, because you never know. And Evan Prater is also waiting, waiting, waiting in the wings. Number five, and I had a fifth key. I'm trying to remember what it was, it was, we've established completion percentage, we've established, we've established limiting sacks, we've established, we've established no mistakes, we've established him being a leader. I would say number five is, he is, I would say number five, is he has to be able to make plays. And that might be obvious, and that might be cliche. But it's true. Because while I think the running game is going to be better this year, we don't know that for sure. I think the offensive line can eventually be competent. But because of all that, we don't know what Emory Jones is going to bring to the table we don't we don't we need Emory Jones to make plays. He's gonna have to. He's gonna have to make this offense better than what it's expected to be. The national media will tell you it's not gonna be great. Locally, they're gonna tell you it's gonna be they don't know. When I say that, Dan Horde, who's the voice of the Bearcats, and everything he says about the Bearcats, I always 
I trust everything he says about the Bearcats. If Dan Horde says, and as he told me after the spring game, offensively he has no idea. Guys, I'm telling you, this Bearcats team, I don't know where they're going to be offensively. I don't know. I do know that if Jones makes plays, whether that be running, whether that be through the air, they're going to have a chance to be good. I'm not saying they're going to go to the Big 12 championship game. If they do, I'd be shocked. I'm not saying they're going to go to the college football playoff. But, hey, TCU did last year. They were 5-7 and seven the year before. I'm saying that to be bowl eligible, he's got to do those five things. 62.5 or better completion percentage, limiting the sacks to three or fewer per game, limiting the mistakes or no mistakes, be that leader now or never, and making plays. Five keys for Emory Jones to be successful in 2023. Sorry for my allergies. I don't know what is going on with them. I woke up Saturday from a nap after work, and all of a sudden, I could barely breathe through my nose, and I'm like, yeah, that's not going to fly. However, coming up, who could be this Bearcats, who could be the Bearcats version of Ellie De La Cruz? Fascinating topic. We'll get into that next here on Lockdown Bearcats. Let me preface this by saying, LA De La Cruz in one month has completely rejuvenated me as a Reds fan and probably a lot of you listening to this. He is doing things that you never thought you would see on a baseball field. Stealing second, third, and home on the same sequence. Running out infield singles like it's no big deal. Triples. Automatic if it's a gap shot. He's hitting over 325. At last check, at least. So who could the Bearcats version of Ellie De La Cruz be? Someone who completely rejuvenates life into this program. It has life. But someone who elevates that and the standards that are with this program. I'm going to say Barry Jackson. And I say that because he's, you know, I don't know where he's going to end up once fall camp starts and once that unfolds and how the receivers play their way onto the depth chart, who's first, second, third, et cetera. But what I saw from Barry Jackson in the spring game was enough for me to to conclude. And Russ and I had the same feeling. That this guy, when given the opportunity, is going to make a lot of plays. And he's going to be very athletic. And he's going to be a guy who opens up your offense, gives you that vertical threat that we see all the time in the Big 12. I think about that with what I'm going to get from Barry Jackson. You want a guy who's athletic. You want a guy who is going to make plays. You want a guy who's going to, Keep defensive coordinators up at night. You want a guy who's going to take the Big 12 by storm in 2023, 24. That's probably more realistic, but it could be this year. You never know. So that's this team's version of LA De La Cruz. If I had to say who the Bearcats version of Joe Burrow is, and it's so funny to me how we've compared De La Cruz to Joe Burrow, I more compare De La Cruz to Jamar Chase. Because of the athleticism and how much he changes the game for opposing teams and the Reds. Jamar Chase did that to the NFL in 2021. Defensive coordinators still don't know how to defend him. 
And they did, and they were caught completely off guard by him in 2021 when he had over 750 receiving yards, including 200 and what 10 against the Ravens in Week Seven. So that's what I think about. Matt McLean is more like Joe Burrow, consistent, does everything so well. I saw something. Someone said that Matt McLean. Uh, Lance McAllister said that a Matt McLean double, the way he swung the bat, was like watching Paul Molitor. And Paul Molitor is one of the all-time great hitters in Major League Baseball history. So, I, I would say Deshaun Pace could be like this team's Joe Burrow for the Bearcats. Dante Corleone, maybe, because you you know what you're going to get every single night. So, Barry Jackson might be more like a Jamar Chase in addition to L.A. De La Cruz. But it's just something to think about. When you watch what the Bengals and Reds have done with program-altering players or franchise-altering players, Bearcats had that in Desmond Ritter and Sauce Gardner. Basketball programs had that at several instances, whether it be Kenya Martin, Sean Kilpatrick, Jaron Cumberland, Gary Clark, etc. I think it's fascinating how you can find those guys who could be in football. And, again, I mentioned this yesterday. The Bengals right now, they have no questions to me going in the training camp, except maybe the secondary. You're confident in the offensive line. Alex Kappa's back. Jonah Williams is going to be your right tackle. We'll see what happens with Lyle Collins. You know what you have in Ted Karras. Cordell Volson was rock solid his rookie season, and you have your stalwart and left tackle in Orlando Brown Jr. The secondary is really interesting because I, I, I just think about Losing guys like Jesse Bates and Von Bell. Can Dax Hill and whoever starts alongside him at safety, can that can the new safety tandem be even half as good? Which I think they will. And then you think about a guy like Cam Taylor Britt, how far he came. And a guy like guys like Shinobi Awuzie and Mike Hilton. Nick Scott. Do he and Dax Hill are he are those two guys the safety tandem? And then I think about you know, Zach Taylor doesn't have any questions. What a time to be a Bengals fan. Now, the Reds, I, I was thinking about this, and, I, and I'm a little concerned after they, they lost one to nothing. Kind of a sour way to go into the All-Star break. You're only up by one game. The Brewers still feel like they're the Reds' kryptonite. You got to find a way. If you take one game this weekend, you're guaranteed to be tied with the Brewers after the series. But I will say this. I will say this. You got. I think you need to take two. Take two games and be up by at least two games coming out of that series. The Reds have proven they can beat any team in the league. Now they got to beat the team who's right behind them. You only have six more games against them, and they're all coming up in the next week and a half. So big-time baseball coming up for the Reds. FC Cincinnati, what a joy ride it's been. Really hope they don't cool off in the second half. We've seen that with Cincinnati teams. They'll start off hot, they'll cool off, and they'll enter the postseason with not a lot of momentum. FC Cincinnati needs to buck that trend. Although I will say this, the Bengals last year with eight wins in a row entering the playoffs and three wins in a row in 20, I'm not even going to count the Browns game at the end of the regular season in 21, but three wins in a row, look what that did. And the Reds have entered the playoffs with momentum before. I just feel like the Bearcats, from a Bearcats perspective, how many times would they go into the NCAA tournament and you're like, well, they don't really have any momentum. The only time they really did was 2018 and 2012. One of those times turned out well. The other, we don't talk about. 
All right, coming up tomorrow, final day of Media Days week. It is Thursday. It'll be Thursday, July 13th. Neil Meyer will be down at the uh, at AT&T Stadium in Dallas, a part of the front office news. So looking forward to maybe hooking up with him. We'll find out. But what I will say this is we'll have Media Day recap next week. And then we only have one more week of three days. And then we're back to five. Starting Monday, July 31st, fall camp gets underway shortly after that. I, I am planning to be at fall camp on August 9th. So expect good coverage. Not good coverage always, but better because I'll be there to see it. Coming up tomorrow, final days of the Bearcats underdog mentality identity. I'll find a good angle for tomorrow. Don't you worry about that. Lockdown Maricast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm on Twitter, Frankie underscore Natty, Instagram, Alex Frankie underscore email, alex 3 gmail.com. Thanks for making Lockdown Maricats part of your everyday listening. Maybe your first listen every day. Regardless, how about your next listen? Why don't you watch Lockdown or listen to Lockdown Sports Today with Peter Bukowski as he goes through the biggest stories in sports in 22 minutes or less. Lockdown Sports Today. For Lockdown Maricats, I'm Alex Frank. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Back tomorrow right here on Lockdown Bearcats. It is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.